Welcome to Ops Fitness Podcast with your host, Scott Bisbee. Hello everyone, welcome to Ops Fitness Podcast with Lion Cookpatrick. Lion, how are you? Doing good. How about you, Scott? I'm doing pretty good. So uh, can you tell everyone whereabouts you are located? I am uh, located in Middle Tennessee currently. Okay, awesome. And uh, how is the weather down there right now? Actually kind of warm considering it's January. Didn't even wear a jacket today. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, I love it when it's warm. <laughs> uh, we don't get a lot of uh, warm days up here in Canada, that's for sure, in the winter, that, that is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been kind of crazy so far this winter. Yeah, it's, I, I think it's been crazy uh, everywhere this winter. It's weird. Uh, anyways, uh, so tell me a, a little about uh, yourself. Uh, how long were you in the military for, and uh, what was your trade? Yeah, so I joined the Navy back in 2011, went through boot camp, and then I was a master at arms, which is uh, two months of additional training down in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, after that, I went to Bahrain, where I ended up being on the security reaction force. And also uh, on that team, we had to maintain a high fitness level. And so I ended up being in charge of. Um, creating and implementing the program that we followed there to keep everybody ready for everything. And then um, after that, I got sent to Nebraska to guard Navy planes and um, ended up being in charge of the uh, mandatory after work PT there. And uh, then I separated from the military and started working as a personal trainer. Wow, that's uh, awesome. I could uh, definitely see why, uh, how you became a personal trainer because you were creating programs and all that. That's cool. Uh, can you uh, explain to the audience a little about what exactly is uh, Master of Arms for uh, somebody that's listening in in Canada or overseas? Awesome. So um, in the Navy, we call the uh, job Master at Arms, and pretty much the workload includes um, – doing law enforcement duties, so military police, uh, anti-terrorism operations, force protection, harbor security, uh, VIP protection, uh, just all sorts of different things relating to uh, law enforcement and anti-terrorism. That's uh, really neat. That's that's awesome. Uh, so were there any particular times during your time in the military where you felt like... Uh, being in shape helped you accomplish a task or a mission? Uh, so many times, just because um, on average, we would work like a 14-hour shift on a uh, rotating schedule. And just carrying around all the extra equipment and stuff like that, that we wore, like the um, ballistic vests, the weapons we carried, all of that gear that we had, uh, it made it easier because I was used to just lifting more weight than what that gear was. And so I could go through the shift and just have more general overall energy to be able to uh, deal with anything that happened. Nice. 
So uh, why do you think fitness is important for the first responder? So it, if you uh, build up your fitness, then, you know, your heart's healthier, your cardio's better, you're a stronger individual. And since my experience is with um, policing in the military, uh, there's a lot of crazy things that can happen. And being able to have some flexibility and agility and everything like that and some overall strength to help prepare for the uh, unexpected, it just overall helped because, um, you know, there were times where I would end up having to get into like a bar fight with someone that was bigger than me, but it didn't matter that they were bigger because I was stronger and in better shape. And a lot of times I was sober and they weren't. So that made it easier. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you will probably, uh, taught special, uh, maneuvers and takedowns as well. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, can you explain, uh, both, uh, we know what the difference is, but, uh, can you explain what the difference is between a military police officer and just, uh, plain old, uh, police officer on the, the civilian side? Um, so on the civilian side, uh, sometimes you're more concerned with like, uh, being able to get like so many tickets so that way you can set your department's funding at this amount and uh, just worrying about protecting the community that you're serving. Whereas in the military, you can end up doing that on foreign soil to protect and enforce rules and regulations for other militaries that are operating on the base that you're servicing. For sure. And also with the military, there's a lot of times other considerations that we have with what our mission is and what our duties are that local uh, city, county, state police departments may not uh, necessarily have to deal with. Yeah. Why do you think it's harder for the civilian uh, uh, police officers uh, to get into fitness as uh, the military MP officer? Um, I'm not 100% sure if a lot of departments have annual fitness tests that they have to pass to be able to keep their job. So that uh, helps feed into the problem you see sometimes where you've got a uh, cop that's really gravity friendly with a uh, rather large waistline. But yeah, sometimes I don't think uh, civilian departments have that annual fitness test and all branches of the military and the Coast Guard all have a annual fitness test. So that kind of helps with uh, maintaining the level of fitness, because if you don't pass that test a couple of times, then you're out looking for a job. Yes, uh, exactly. That's uh, definitely it. And uh, unfortunately, uh, I think uh, the civilian side, they have to do a better job at that because uh, 
a lot of people get motivated different ways. And I know a certain uh, population, they get motivated if everything is on the line, right? Like uh, uh, get in shape or you're going to lose your job, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's all about what your motivation is, the why for what you're doing. For sure. So how has failure or apparent, apparent failure set you up for late, later success? And do you have a favorite failure of yours? Um, so there's no particular, uh, specific failures that I've had that, uh, kind of come to mind other than like maybe missing a lift in the gym and coming back the next workout extra determined to make that lift this time. But I would say that a, um, fear of failure has uh, definitely played a role to where I work harder and make sure I'm constantly improving and becoming better so that way I don't fail. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Um, if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? Eat real food, lift heavy things. Because mm -hmm. a lot of the... Uh, health problems that people have, it would minimize them if they were just eating actual food instead of heavily processed things. And some people would actually lose some weight and get to feeling and looking better if they um, focused a little bit more on like weight training, which is very easily measurable by uh, how much weight you're doing for how many sets and reps and stuff like that, as opposed to uh, kind of viewing their fitness as a chore where they've got to go to the gym and plod away on a treadmill for an hour. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk about um, what you do now with your uh, personal training business. Uh, who is, what is your niche? I, I should say. And, uh, yeah, what kind of uh, movements do you focus on and so forth? So I focus on squat pressing movements, uh, bench press movements, uh, hinge movements such as deadlifts and different sorts of carries. Um, I like to uh, concentrate on strength training and like powerlifting and programming for that, but a lot of the clients that I get with the area that I'm in and the facility that I'm working at is uh, more of just general weight loss, fat loss clients. And so I use a lot of circuits and high intensity methods to uh, try to help them achieve that. Yeah, yeah um, makes sense because uh, when I had a personal training studio, I had a niche, but uh, it turned out uh, everybody wanted uh, to uh, lose weight. So I basically had to uh, switch stuff around. And being in a small town, uh, you couldn't really have a niche. You had to serve everybody. Uh, and, and now that I'm in a much larger center, I could actually have this niche. So yeah, it's, it's pretty neat. But uh, yeah, I, I basically focused on... Um, what you were just saying, like uh, circuits and all that stuff. Uh, you can't go wrong with that uh, for somebody that wants to lose weight, for sure. 
Exactly. It's yeah. cardio without having to do cardio sometimes. Yeah. I, uh, I actually love the kettlebell swing because you could get best of both worlds though. Uh, if you want a uh, good superset to do, hit up a set of kettlebell swings and then go straight into some deadlifts. That'll have you feeling some sort of way in no time. Wow, I bet. That's a hinge on top of a hinge. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, in the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Um, behavior or habit? Um I would say probably just the behavior and the habit of you have to work hard, otherwise you're not going to accomplish anything. And with that, it's like, especially in personal training or any other client-based business, if you're not out there hustling and grinding and trying to pick up more clients and stuff like that, then you may end up not being able to uh, keep the lights on. And I'm pretty sure everyone uh, likes to keep their stomach full and keep their bills paid. And uh, working hard is the only way to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's that much harder when uh, you have uh, staff that you got to keep them busy too. And <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, how would you help the first responder that wants to get in shape, but they don't know where to begin or they don't have much time uh, on their hands because of other commitments like uh, family or whatnot? That's one of the uh, beautiful things about a strongman style of training is you can get some implements that you can keep in your garage that are, essentially repurpose trash and uh, get a good quick workout in that's going to help build up your cardiovascular um, health and build up your strength. And um, like, for instance, if you do farmer's walks and load an Atlas stone, then you could do those two things, bouncing back and forth for 10 minutes as much back and forth with the farmer's walk and lowering at the Atlas stone and you will be completely smoked after that. And it will work pretty much every muscle in your body. I love, love, love farmer carry. So awesome. Yeah. Um, I actually need to work on mine some more. I've been slacking. (laughs) Have you actually tried the yoke? I think it's called. Yes. I've, um, actually competed in a strongman competition where uh, I had to do a 550-pound yoke. Wow. And uh, that that made me feel some sort of way without a doubt. Wow, that looks uh, amazing. Uh, they actually have it at this uh, fitness facility um, in this uh, new city that I moved to that I would love to try. I'm probably going to try it tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a good time. Um, there's a couple of different resources about uh, tips on how to do things like yoke carries, farmers carries, and stuff like that. Uh, one of the um, strongman coaches that I really like to follow for tips and advice when it comes to 
strongman specifically is uh, Brian Allshrew of Never Say. Okay. And um, that guy's got some excellent information and tips and advice on uh, how to structure workouts and make the most of your time in the gym. And he's a uh, really good resource to tap into. Awesome. I never heard of that guy. I'll uh, definitely look him up. A uh, really great guy that I love reading is uh, Dan John. His work is great, too. I'll have to check him out then. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's, um, he has, uh, like a lot of, uh, strongman stuff, but he also has, uh, like everything else. He's, uh, competed in the Scottish Highland Games, and, uh, the stuff he puts out is pretty cool. I want to, uh, test the waters with Highland game style competitions. That looks like so much fun to me. It does. Um, I actually went to uh, Kmore, which is uh, a city in the Rocky Mountains in Alberta, Canada. I had no idea this was going on, but they had a huge uh, Scottish Highland Games going on. And the whole city basically shut down, and it looked like it was a big party. It looked like a lot of fun. Everyone's at the games. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is the last part of the podcast. This is called No, no Bull. So it's rapid-fire questions. Uh, just uh, one or two will be response. Are you ready? Sure. Let's do it. Awesome. So uh, your best purchase under $100. Best purchase under one hundred dollars. Um, cell phone case, so that way it can be protected. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have a really good cell phone case, especially with kids too. <laughs> yeah. Beatles or Elvis? Mm, that's rough. Uh, Elvis. Wait on. Top three favorite books. Hmm. Art of War, um, how was the name of that book? The Art of Killing, and um, I would have to say one of the Redwall books. Right on. Favorite exercise? Deadlifts. Love deadlifts. Favorite piece of exercise equipment? I would have to say... Or Bell. Nice. Favorite song? Right now, I would have to say that it's um, Mercy by The Ghost Inside. Any quotes you live by? Uh, The best way to preserve peace is to prepare for war. It's happening on my chest. Exactly. So, um, one more question. If uh, a kid that's listening to this uh, wants to get into the first responder realm, whether it's uh, police, fire, or uh, military EMT, uh, but they don't know what to do or how to get started, what advice would you give them? Well, some general strength training will be very beneficial along with – doing some things that are more geared towards the certain profession you're wanting to go into. Um, like if you want to be a fireman that 
probably makes sense to get used to uh, climbing up and down ladders. So maybe invest in getting a Jacob's ladder and um, then study because each field has a whole breadth of knowledge that they're responsible for and how to respond in all these dangerous high risk situations and to be the best you can be you have to have that stuff so ingrained in you that you don't even have to think in the moment you just do yeah uh it's funny that you mentioned the jacob's ladder because i'm so bummed out i uh had one uh for my personal training studio and I had to sell it because I basically moved from a house of a 2,000 square feet to a less than a thousand. So, oh, uh, <laughs> those, those are <laughs> yeah, so I had to sell it and uh, I was so upset, but yeah, that's what you do, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, make changes. Yeah, so uh, that's the end of the podcast. Are there any uh, parting remarks that you would like to add? And how can people get a hold of you? Uh, Pretty much for the parting remarks is uh, eat real food and pick up heavy things and occasionally walk with them. And that'll get you going in a good direction for a wide variety of uh, fitness goals, whether it's first responder oriented or not. And then the best way to find me is probably on my Instagram, which is KP underscore training 90. Awesome. Great. Thank you, Ryan. I uh, really appreciated uh, this interview and I hope you had fun too. Yep. Thanks for having me on, Scott. No problem. And thanks everyone for listening in. I'll see you in a few weeks. Thank you.